What's up, guys? Welcome to the second episode of Washington Opinionated. My name's Colin. We're back with Alec. Um, week two of the pod. Alec, tell us what uh, what you've been up to the last week. Well, last week um, we had Valentine's Day. And I think I was off uh, for Valentine's Day and Saturday. Uh, so I was able to spend a little bit of time with Julie, a little bit of time with the girls. Um, we were going to go out and try and do some stuff, but we were babysitting for some of our friends. So we had four kids at the house, and we really just hung out, uh, cooked dinner, didn't do anything fun, um, definitely didn't go all the way to Boone, North Carolina. Uh, <clears throat> and just based off of how little videos I saw of the trip, I'm going to assume that you guys had a good time. Yeah, we, um, me and a couple of my buddies went up to Boone, North Carolina for a bachelor trip. Uh, if you haven't been to Boone, I highly, highly recommend it. Beautiful place. Um, I'm actually going to tell a quick story. We, we go up to Boone because we wanted to go on a, on a ski trip, kind of like a guy's ski trip. Buddy Trevor's getting married, so it's kind of his last, his last fling. Uh, the only problem with that is none of us had skied before. And we kind of, kind of undershot how how difficult the uh, the skiing trip was going to be. So, what was supposed to be a, a long day of, of tearing up the the slopes turned into like a ten body pile up on the uh, off off ramp to the ski lift. We accidentally took a took the advanced slope ski lift up, you know, with, with little to no training on how to ride skis in a snowboard and uh pretty much as soon as the ski lift dropped us off we all just kind of face planted made this huge pile up and it was just kind of downhill from there you know a lot of a lot of falling a lot of a lot of bruises a lot of bumps but uh we had a good time had a good time had a lot of adult beverages and work uh work definitely hit different this morning that's that's for sure now, did you have to request off yesterday for President's Day, or did they just give it, or uh, was the course closed yesterday? Yeah, being, being a caddy, uh, it's actually like the most flexible schedule you can have. We, we do everything through an app, so I can go in and pretty much just mark off what days I want off in red, and then you know, we just won't get scheduled that day. And if, if we have the, the date marked green, then we, we're able to be scheduled, and it's kind of the uh, the perk of being a caddy. You can just kind of work when you want when you want to, and take whatever days off you want to. Yeah, that's definitely a lot more flexible than me. I have I have an entire calendar for the entire year already on my fridge. So if you need to know what day I'm working, the third weekend of July, I got it covered already. Really? You know that far ahead of time? Yep, every single day of the year. And I could go further past this year if I wanted because we were at the same rotation, but I'm not going to do that. So, but, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, shift work. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, did, did you see any of the, uh, the NBA All-Star game? I didn't watch much of it. Um, I... Saw some highlights. I watched the highlights of the dunk contest. 
Um, everything, I mean, most of those kind of events, the NBA All-Star Game, um, the NFL Awards a couple of weeks ago, they all just seem to start so late at night, and especially if I'm working that night or whatever, or that day. I mean, I'm coming home, and, you know, if it started at 6 o'clock, I'd probably turn it on, but I'm not interested enough in watching. I mean, especially with the way All-Star games have been in the past. I mean, there's not really a whole bunch that goes on that I care to watch, and so I'm definitely not going to stay up to watch it, but kind of wish I would have because from what I've heard, it was a little bit better than it typically is in the past. Yeah, I, I've i kind of skipped the NBA All-Star Games the last couple of years, but uh, I got to watch it this year. actually recorded it and uh, watched it the day after. First off, just going to start out by saying, I know it's an All-Star game and not a lot of people are playing defense, but Kawhi, I mean, you know I'm a big LeBron guy because we're both big LeBron guys, but Kawhi Leonard, I mean, he he could be the best player in the world right now. With LeBron getting up there in age, um, like I said, no defense in the All-Star game, but he was just absolutely lights out. Uh, the format was pretty cool this year. I think, you know, they did first team to 157. Uh, those games are <laughs> crazy high scoring anyway. Um, and then the fourth quarter wasn't timed. So... This is the first All-Star game I've ever watched where LeBron, Giannis, um, you know, James Harden, these guys are playing like like a CMA finals. And it was just it was so cool to watch all these all these top athletes in the game, you know, commit and actually see these two super teams going all out on the court. I mean, it was I don't, I don't know how the NFL or ML, I mean, the MLB game is pretty cool, but I, I don't know what the other leagues can do to kind of get towards that. But from what I saw on Twitter, what I read, like this NBA All-Star game was the best in a really long time. And part of that might have to do with, you know, Kobe's passing. Uh, maybe the guys were playing just a little extra harder. But I think that I think that the format change was really good for the game. Can you explain the how they did the fourth quarter? Because I, I don't know if I read it or if I heard it somewhere, but it was like a – I think I listened to it um, in a video clip, and whoever explained it kind of just went over it real fast, and I didn't really understand. I heard something about adding 24 points or something uh, when the fourth quarter started, but you just go over it because I have absolutely no idea how it happened. You know, I did see that. Um, I was I was kind of skimming uh, kind of the internet while I was watching the game. I wasn't sure about the twenty four points thing. I do know that after after the third quarter, um, I just know they they shut the clock off, and then at that point, it was just whoever got to to one fifty seven. I I I probably should know what what they did for the Kobe Bryant tribute. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the 24 points was like a Kobe thing or what, but, I mean, 157, I mean, that's a pretty random number. And so I just, I feel like at the end of the third quarter they did something to come up with that 157 number, but I have no idea, to be honest. But Yeah, I mean, the, 
the All-Star game was really good. And then, um, you know, dunk contest. You had, like, Dwight Howard, who hasn't – he won, you know, years ago. But this was his first dunk contest in a while. He had actually planned on having Kobe be part of one of his dunks. So that was kind of kind of extra special for him. He didn't quite make it to the final round, but it was, it was still cool to see see Dwight back in it doing his thing. Yeah, I saw a couple clips of um, some of his dunks. and I mean, I know he hasn't been, you know, what he was back when he played for the Magic lately, but he seemed like he moved around the court really well. Um, you know, got up, got some air, did some pretty cool dunks. Um, but, I, I mean, I just, he had one of the biggest fall-offs of any athlete that I can remember, um, especially in basketball. I mean, I can name some for football, but because um, I don't really follow basketball that close, you know, I I still know how at the top of top of the game he was um, those first couple of years he played for the Magic, and it just seemed like he got traded, and it was like a blockbuster deal, and for whatever reason, it never took off. I mean kind of never heard of him again until here recently whenever he joined up with LeBron in L.A. Yeah, I know he had some back injuries and stuff like that, but, I mean, he got he got kind of, his first go-around with the Lakers, he got in kind of like a weird, kind of like pre-Madonna, kind of like showdown with the Lakers. Like he, there was some contract problems and things like that, and he just, I, I think he was more worried about money than basketball, I think being back down to a, a pretty standard contract kind of kind of humbled Dwight Howard a little bit got him back in the gym I know he cut a bunch of weight before the season started so sometimes we all need that little uh little reality check to humble us and I, I think he got it yeah I mean whatever works I mean that I think that the locker room that's in LA right now is a lot a lot more focused than it was last year um you know I think and especially with everything that's happened the last couple of months, um, I think everyone in the locker room is really going to be pushing hard, especially when the playoffs come around um, between LeBron and AD. It, it's going to be a fun finals, or not fun finals, but fun playoffs, and I I expect them to make it into the play or the finals. So it should be pretty exciting. That's really whenever I start watching, you know, just about every game here in the regular yeah. season. I mean, there's so many games going on that I typically just catch the highlights and keep up with the scores, but I don't have enough time in the day to keep up with and actually watch all the games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, it's, it's just way too many games, kind of like baseball. Like, like how, do you, how do you keep up with 182 games? Or is it 62 or 182? I think it's, I think it's 162. Way too many. And I Speaking think, of baseball. Oh, go ahead. I think I saw somewhere um, during, I mean, I guess we're in the off season right now, but I saw somewhere a couple months ago on Twitter where some of the higher-ups um, in the MLB were trying to propose adding more games or justifying bringing in more games in the baseball season. And I mean, I thought for like the last couple of years, the big focus has been trying to get it cut down. I mean, yeah, I mean, viewership for baseball right now, uh, I mean, it's, it's so low. I mean, when when you get to postseason, the, the you know the numbers obviously skyrocket, but like 
regular season baseball, like they put up horrific TV numbers. Which doesn't make any sense considering that, I mean, they're getting bigger contracts than the NFL. I don't know. I mean, I think they're pretty comparable with a lot of basketball contracts, but, you know, like, I mean, the NFL is by far the most viewed sport, at least in the USA, and the fact that, um, you know, baseball contracts are two and three times larger than the NFL. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. I wonder what, like, a... Because, you know, like, you go to, like, trivia somewhere, and they're like, what's the most viewed sport in the world? And everyone's like, oh, soccer, football, and then, it's like, cricket. And you're like, I wonder. I don't know. I just I always feel like random sports are, like, because they're so worldwide. I mean, soccer is probably definitely up there, but I wonder what a cricket contract's like. Yeah, but I don't know, but. Baseball, definitely. I mean, I I was thinking about that the other day. I mean, I don't know how they come up with the the money to pay one hundred and two hundred million dollar contracts to. I mean, I I know a lot of their baseball contracts are a lot longer than most of the other sports, but like the contracts that Harper and um, um, guy for the Angels can't think of his name right now, but I mean those contracts are just absolutely insane. Trout, yeah. Trout, yeah. I mean, if you look at baseball contracts, though, it's like you only have like maybe one or two guys on the team that are making that big money, and the rest of these guys are like, you know, a lot of the team is, you know, with the farm league system and all that, like they're they're young guys. I mean, I saw, I can't remember whose roster it was last year, but their their entire like starting lineup was making less than one player on the Yankees. Like in like a professional team, yeah. Like they're the like the obviously you have like your Trouts and your Harpers that are getting like two hundred twenty million, two hundred fifty million. But a lot of those guys are making like six figures. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I don't know. I think, you would just think, think NFL. That, you would think at least one player on every team would have, you know, one of those big contracts. Because I mean, like, yeah. if you didn't, I mean, then you'd have you'd have the money to go out there and be able to sign a mega contract. But I don't know. Speaking of uh, speaking of baseball, what do you think about? Have you have you read much up on the uh, the whole Astros cheating scandal thing? Uh, it's just the the topic that doesn't go away. I mean, most most sports highlights uh, or hot topics come and go on a week-to-week basis, but, you know, I saw, it was either today or yesterday, everybody started talking about Altuve's uh, jersey and why he wouldn't take it off coming around home plate um, Mm -hmm. to send him to the World Series, and, you know, I, that was, like, such a big story, like, a month ago, and I felt like everyone kind of got their opinions off on it. And then it was like yesterday or the day before, Mike Trout came out um, and, you know, slammed him about it, you know, just bringing it right back up. But I don't know if there was something that happened to bring it back up um, into the headline of the news, but it seems like that story was 
number one on ESPN a month ago, and then yesterday on Twitter I saw, you know, five or six top guys in the MLB, Mike Trout. Uh, I think LeBron came out today and said something about <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, yeah, he did. Like, it's just crazy. Like, you would think that those kind of stories would be done once they're told or there'd be another different story, but they're just circling right back to his jersey. I think part of the reason it's it's not going away is because, I mean, it seems like the athletes, athletes from other sports have a have a better grasp of how severe it is than the MLB home office. I mean, it's like, I saw today the Vegas betting line came out for who, who was going to be the first Houston batter to get hit by a first pitch. And it's like, I mean, I think Bregman is like plus 350. But did, did you see, So I mean, there's been no official suspension. There's been no really, no really punishment. And I think that's what's causing such a, such a stir up. But they came out and said there's going to be this insane suspension if someone intentionally hits a Houston Astros player. And everyone's like, so you're going to penalize somebody for hitting a player, but you're not going to penalize people for rigging the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe part of the reason why... I mean, it seems like just about everybody's on the same page, um, you know, thinking that the Astros need their, you know, World Series stripped and Altuve's MVP stripped and all that stuff. Um, but, like, at the same time, as someone who's not, like, a diehard baseball fan, like, when I think of cheating in baseball, I mean, cheating in baseball has been going on for a 100 years, I mean steroids and I mean people have been stealing signs for as long as they've played the game it's just you know they Astros took it a step further with the you know the whole wire tapping and stuff inside the jerseys I mean that's going a little bit above and beyond but you know stealing signs and old ball in the hat trick I mean all kinds of different stuff I mean that's just the way that baseball has been played. And so, like, when I first heard about it, I didn't really think it was too big of a deal. You know, they, at first it was just the sign-stealing allegation, which seemed pretty normal for baseball. But once it got a little bit further and, you know, there's so much evidence of them having, however that device worked that Altuve wore underneath his shirt, um... I mean, that is pretty serious and pretty... I mean, they definitely went above and beyond to try and get an advantage, which is definitely bad. But at the same time, like, I think it's extremely naive to think that the Astros are the only team and the first team to do anything like that, um, which I think is another reason why so many baseball players are coming out and making such extreme allegations. I mean, they're getting mad and saying stuff on Twitter and in interviews. and I mean, you can't throw stones at a glass house. You know, like I, I think that to an extent there's cheating in every single baseball team in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like 
it's kind of like recruiting. Like when you see like a team get busted for, you know, some recruiting violation and then you're like, they always say every, every school, every school cheats, every, every professional sports team cheats to a certain degree. It's just a matter of, of getting caught. And when you do it on the biggest stage, I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty much bound to get caught. Um, and I don't know. It's just I, the whole thing resurfaced with Altuve because his, I think it was his wife or his girlfriend came came up uh, in an interview and said that, uh, or no, sorry, it was one of his teammates' girls came up and said, yeah, Altuve didn't want his shirt ripped off because his wife doesn't like other women like seeing him without a shirt on. But then you got people like screenshotting his Instagram and stuff where he's got like his shirt off and it's just, it's just like you said, it's just, it's, it's not going to go away and people are going to keep digging and we'll see maybe eventually something will come of it. Well, I mean, I think at this point it's gone far enough to where, I mean, the MLB doesn't have a choice, you know, when, when you've got the biggest names in every sport, including your own, um, you know, with Trout coming out and saying what he did, LeBron James is even putting his two cents in there. It's getting nonstop media coverage. You know that, you know, Astros players are going to get beamed for the first couple weeks of the season. I mean, I think that the only option the MLB has is to take away their title. I mean, I, I, don't, I, think know. I don't know if they can go as far as taking away MVPs and stuff like that, um, which I know, like, Garrett is – all kinds of in his feelings that Aaron uh, was it Aaron Judge, Aaron didn't, Judge. yeah didn't win the MVP, um, but you know I don't think they can go that far. But I think that the title at this point is the only way that is going to make anybody content. I think there's one other solution. I think we create the XBL. That post was hilarious. <laughs> it said you can take people with a baseball when they're running bases, like old, like in, like in school times. Ball hits you, you're out of there. Um, Pete Rose would obviously be the commissioner, hands down. <laughs> that post made me laugh so hard. All steroids illegal. Bat we encourage them. Bat flips are encouraged. If you if you bunt, you're immediately out. Automatic out. That's yeah. cheating. I wish I had that post pulled up. That was that was good. So um, so my my fiance, uh, for those of you who don't know, probably not many of you do. She she is a she's a high school softball coach. Alec, I think I was going to tell you this earlier. Um, so one of her friends went to Florida University of Florida played USA softball, and um, like kind of like a, like a scrimmage game. Like I know USA, they're they're getting ready for the Olympics, so they're they're scrimmaging against a bunch of you know college teams. They played USF not too long ago, but they played University of Florida about two weeks ago, and there was a Kyle Trask sighting. His his girlfriend plays on on U.S. softball team, and my fiance's friend said that Kyle Trask was making 
making the boys proud. Said he was he was double fisting beers the entire game, and just just knocking them down. QB one. QB one baby. <laughs> Trash train, fueled by Natty Light. God. I don't I re- know if it was Natty Light. I really hope that they uh, start selling alcohol in football games. I mean, they're doing it. I think they're doing it in basketball, baseball, just about every major sport. Um, except for football at this point. I mean, it's not, at this point, it's not a matter of if, you know, it's kind of just a matter of when. Um, but speaking of, speaking of the Gators, uh, you want to get into a little recruiting talk? I do, because we had a, I mean, didn't have any breaking news this week, but definitely a lot of activity. Yeah, so we had, actually last week we didn't cover it, but, we had a commitment from four-star wide receiver Trevante Rucker uh, from Ocala. He's a like a close to the top 100 players in the country for 2021. He was previously committed um, like close to a year ago. Decommitted when when some some weird stuff is happening around UF. So he recently got him on board. It looks like he is he's going to stick. He's he's here for the long haul. And then we've got some crystal balls coming in. Uh, we got some crystal balls for defensive back uh, Amari Harvey. He is a 92 on 24-7, has a 92 rating, four-star player. And then Gage Wilcox, four-star tight end out of Tampa, Florida. What do you, what do you think about those guys? I really like the um, – and, and Harvey came out and you know, said that we were – his leader I like it I mean obviously he's a top end safety in the in the state and you know if you look through the the state recruiting rankings um, I think that Dan Mullen has a pretty good opportunity to take the majority of you know the, the top end talent in the state but um, beyond getting a good safety you know it's got to feel good to get a top 10 player in the state from Florida State University High School. <laughs> yeah, he uh yeah, Harvey's Harvey's a big physical corner. Uh he's playing corner in, in high school right now, but like you said he's projected to play maybe that nickelback uh you know that Chauncey Gardner role, maybe maybe safety uh, depending on how our safety safety class ends up this cycle. Or sorry, next cycle. We'll see what the numbers look like. And then Tim Brewster, we talked about him last week. Uh, kind of sounds like he's he's come in and, and hit the ground running. We've, we've heard that he's kind of taken over five-star running back Zach Evans' recruitment. Uh, Evans is really the only guy from 2020 that we're still, still pursuing. There's not many left unsigned, but I know... I know Brewster's on that pretty heavy, and it it sounds like we might be getting that last visit. Yeah, I think I mean I'd be pretty surprised if we didn't at this point. Um, you know, with well, I mean at the same time, you never know what's going to go on with him, but um, that seems to be what everybody is feeling like. I think from Brewster's tweets, he's pretty confident that they're going to um, be able to get that visit, and you know with 
with only a few high-end schools being left in this thing, uh, I think if he's on campus, I don't think there's any reason why uh, he wouldn't wouldn't end up being a Gator. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Bruce has been tweeting out all kind of. I don't know, it seems like every coach kind of has their own little like tweet to signify that they've maybe landed somebody and not really. I don't know, like you'll see Dan Mullen all the time, like Swamp 2020, you know, when somebody commits. Brewster's sent out like six of those, and they've all been different. And I'm trying to figure out what his trademark tweet's going to be to signify he's got somebody in the fold. But you look at the only for a loop. I can't pin down what he's going with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't think that he's gotten any kind of silent commits or anything. I think if the only one that uh, might have a real good chance of popping here soon would be uh, Wilcox, um, which is a top tight end. I know that he had a lot of good things to say about Brewster, and he was already pretty high on Florida um, before, and he's supposed to be there on the 7th. So, um, so I think Wilcox might be one that he might have signaled for. Uh, I think the only... I mean, I think that Brewster just feels confident about getting that visit, but at this point, I don't think Evans is telling anybody anything. Um, you know, he's been probably the most quiet recruit that I can remember in recent memory, as far as telling coaches uh, what he intends to do or telling reporters. Uh, he he definitely keeps it keeps everything to himself. Yeah, and also I, I was sitting here thinking I wanted to rewind a little bit because when you and I talk, we, we say terms like 24-7 and, and crystal balls, kind of like it's common knowledge. For those of you who are just getting into recruiting or or not, you know, want, want to get more into recruiting, when we so 24-7 sports, um, really 24-7 sports rivals and ESPN are the three the databases that rank high school recruits. So when we say crystal ball on um, on twenty four seven, inside there's every every team has their inside beat writers. They kind of have like the inside sources on every team, and they can they can submit predictions online to where they think commits are going to land. So when we say crystal ball, like crystal balls are coming in for Amari Harvey, all that means is some some insiders are feeling comfortable with switching their prediction over to the University of Florida. Usually crystal balls are, are pretty accurate. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Avante Williams last week. He had a hundred percent crystal balls to Florida and he went to Miami. So it's not always, it's not always like a sure thing, but I mean, I'd say eight times out of 10, wherever the crystal balls are leaning, that's, that's pretty much usually where they're going to go. Would you agree with that? Alec? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, most insiders don't really put those things in uh, quite as liberally as, you know, maybe me or you would if we had access to do that kind of stuff. Um, but most of the times, you know, the, the insiders that really care about their uh, crystal ball percentage being high, I mean, they won't put in a crystal ball until a recruit tells them, like, hey, yeah, I'm planning on committing there in a couple of days. And then you'll see, like, four or five come in at the same time. Um, so typically, whenever you see a whole bunch of them pile in like that, 
It typically means pretty good news for you, uh, which is why we were so bummed out about Avante Williams going to Miami because nobody saw it coming. Yeah, that, those, those those crystal balls hit different. That's for sure. We uh, yes, we got some Wilcox crystal balls, some Hardy crystal balls. We we'll keep an eye on that. Keep you guys posted. A lot of times you have to. Uh, a lot of times you have to have a subscription to see crystal balls. They'll kind of hide them from you a lot of times. But we'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, we had some basketball action tonight. Did you Did you catch the game? No, I worked a uh, fourteen hour day oh. today, so I came home and ate and waited on you to wait on you to finish that movie last night or today. That's true. That's true. Our Gators took on the Razorbacks of Arkansas. Mike White, I think, not really fighting for his job, but I'm on the edge with Mike White. He's really bowing me out here lately. But we've got two two SEC wins in a row. So I know we were kind of one of those teams that was on the on the edge of the, the NCAA bracket, and we're kind of ma- making our way up. So we'll see if we can get a decent seat in the NCAA tourney. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's coaching for his job right now. I don't, I don't think there's any scenario where he doesn't keep his job at this point. Um, but I think they're definitely fighting for an NCAA spot. Which they play, I think they play Kentucky twice and then LSU once. I think that's their remaining SEC schedule. But um, they definitely got to win one of them. I think if they win two of them, that you know secures their spot. Uh, but one of them, then they could uh, could be in a good position to get like a nine or ten seed. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of coming on at the right time. I think I might be going to the when they come to Florida or when Kentucky comes to Florida. Might be trying to go to that game. Not sure yet. I'm gonna see kind of how things play out, but they're they're getting kind of hot here. Have you seen how much those tickets are? Yeah, the nosebleeds are like ninety dollars. Yeah, they um, whenever whenever they release the the tickets for the whole season, um, J C Connor was working. Um, as like, like he did different stuff with the athletic department, but mm-hmm. he said that those, the only tickets that sold out like immediately after they dropped were the Kentucky game. Yeah, I was checking them out on StubHub at work this morning. Almost pulled the trigger on a couple ninety dollar tickets, but I don't know. I got I got some plugs in Gainesville. I'm gonna see if I can figure something else out. I doubt that my dad will have a hookup for those, but I feel like. I think he's offered me tickets to four or five games this year, and I'm always typically doing something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's a stretch there where yes, it's kind of hard to watch. I mean, they're they're kind of getting their act together now, but I don't want to go watch Florida get blown out by Missouri. Yeah the the one game that I was planning on going to. Um, and then my dad canceled on me. Was uh, was it Baylor that was ranked number one in the country? It was whoever. Yeah. Yeah. And that I'm glad that I didn't go because that game was bad. Yeah, I mean it's it's frustrating because if you look at like the you know 24/7 also does basketball 
ratings and you know kind of the same deal like talent wise we're better than 90% of the teams we play I don't know if it's because we're young I don't know if it's a coach thing I think they're still just trying to figure out kind of how to play with each other no that didn't come out right I think they're still trying to figure out kind of their you know their their team chemistry but it, it looks like they're starting to kind of get get hot here towards the end it's really what you need when you got two games against Kentucky coming up yeah, I mean, like I said, I think we definitely won't win at least one of those games, but um, which I mean they have to, but uh, they have been playing pretty hot right now. So who knows? Fingers crossed. Uh, I don't. Even if we make the tournament, I don't see us getting past round thirty-two. So my hopes are low, and I'm just ready for spring football at this point. Hey, Amen. You gonna try to go to the uh, the orange and blue game? Yep, I'm off that day, so me and Julie and the girls are going to go. But. You know, it falls, it's April 18th, uh, it actually falls on my birthday, so that's kind of a perfect storm. Well, it's <clears throat> better, better than the SEC championship game falling on your wedding day. I don't, oh man, that's just that's gonna be a tough one. We're gonna have to figure that one out. Have y'all already sent out invites? We haven't, but we've already we've already claimed that day. We've already put the deposit down, put a lot of money toward it. So at this point, you know how every single year, like <laughs> like it, around the Super Bowl and the national championship game, there's always that like meme or that Facebook post where the guys like. Yeah, getting married the same day as the game. That's why I've got these tickets. If anyone's interested, she's five yeah. ten and really pretty. Like that's gonna yeah. actually be you um, in a while. So that's pretty funny. But yeah. Anyway, can we talk What's about the... can we talk about this movie, please? Like I know that you just yes. finished it right before we got on, yes. and I told you that yes. you had to finish it. Um, yeah. All right. So anyways, last week we talked, um, we wanted to introduce a segment called Hot Takes where we're able to watch movies, watch TV shows, music, anything, um, and then come back and talk about it. This week we watched Knives Out, uh, directed by Rian Johnson. Uh, pretty star-studded cast, had Daniel Craig, um, Catherine Langford, uh, and then that old lady from Freaky Friday. I don't know her name, but uh, she was Jamie also... Lynn Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis? Is that her name? Yeah, I know she's in Halloween. I think so. She's in Halloween, too. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but anyways, um, I'll let you go first because I am, I've got a long <laughs> spiel of how much I absolutely love this movie. Yeah, so Knives Out. Um, I, so I had to break this movie up into three parts. And I think it actually helps me because I like this movie because I like movies that make me think the entire time I'm watching the movie. Like, you know, sometimes you get in like these boring spots of the movie, but this one, they kind of give you hints. I don't know, Alex, would you like, do you want me to like go over the, the plot of it? I mean, I don't really want to give anything away. All right. Well, I don't really care if I give anything away because it's my podcast, but. Um, there you go. It's been out for a while. It's on DVD. That's fair. If you don't want it to spoil it, fast forward 10 minutes 
I don't really care. But anyways, we're gonna talk <laughs> about it. I'm all right. So anyway, I actually feel the opposite about what you just said about it keeping you going throughout the movie. There was like a thirty minute window in the middle of it where I was super depressed at where it was going. Like in the middle, um, whenever um, Marta tells Captain America everything that happened. And it's like, like at first I was like, okay, well, maybe she was out of the room when it happened and maybe she missed something. But no, like she knew everything. She told the whole story about what happened. And I was like, that is very uneventful, very boring. And I even like checked the time that was left in the movie because I was like, no way. You know, oh, I did the same thing. They just gave away the entire movie, and it's only like 45 minutes in. Um, and so I was really confused about where it was going. And there was like a 20-minute window where I was pretty bored with it. Um, but then it picked up like super quick. Um, or not, uh, I wouldn't say super quick, but whenever they go to the will reading and uh, you know they find out that this random... Um, random immigrant that wasn't a family member got the $60 million fortune um, and that kind of turned everything on its heels so that was when it picked up again for me but I will say that little tiny period of it I was like kind of disappointed that I had picked the movie out because I thought it was going to be pretty dumb after that but it was yeah I liked it I mean to get just just to give people who haven't watched it a little little background of what we're talking about. Knives Out is about this author. He's worth, like Alex said, $60 million. And he is, he's found dead in his studio on the upstairs of his mansion. And they, rule, they initially ruled a suicide. But they come to find out Daniel Craig is the kind of lead detective. He's kind of this, you know, your typical mysterious have all the answers, but really no real way of getting the answers. It just kind of has them. And he's like solving this case. He's convinced it's a murder. You have a bunch of family members that are kind of mooching off this rich guy. And then you have this caregiver, you know, the old guy's care, the author's caregiver that ends up with all his fortune. And so you're just trying to kind of, you're kind of trying to piece together. It's a classic, like whodunit. It's very, it kind of had like a very Clue, you know, the movie Clue? Yeah. kind of had a very like, like Clue type vibe to it. Like you're, and that, and that, that's why I was like, I was constantly thinking about, you know, who could it be? Who could it be? But they kind of like spill out what happened in the middle of the movie or what they want you to think happened. And I did the same thing Alec did. I paused the movie halfway through and I'm like, it was right at the 45 mark. It's funny you said 45 minutes. It was right at the 45 minute mark. I'm like, there's still an hour and a half of this movie. Why are they just not giving away the plot? But I'm not going to ruin anything, but you come to find out that it's not, it's not exactly how they, how they drew it up in the, in the middle of the movie. And you kind of, you, you get it all pieced together at the end. I, I thought it was a really good movie. Well, and you know, on top of them giving away, the whole story very early on like around the same time I had to keep reminding myself that uh, Chris Evans Captain America was in the movie 
because you don't see him. Like, you saw him for two seconds, and then he doesn't come mm-hmm. back until, like, an hour into the movie. And I'm thinking, you know, A-list actor, this movie came out, I mean, this was the first movie he'd done after Avengers Endgame, and, you know, he's got to be in it for more than just a couple scenes here and there. Um, he ended up playing a, a huge part in the movie there at the end. But, you know, for the most part, you're really just meeting the caregiver and the rest of the crazy family. Um, but I was I was uh, very impressed with how it all tied together uh, there at the end. And I, like you said, I love movies that at the very end kind of go back and reveal a bunch of stuff that you never really, never knew or never catched on. So it was... Uh, it was fun. I liked it. I, uh, I mean, it wasn't perfect, like I said, because there was a, there was a pretty long dry spell where I kind of lost interest in it. Um, but there at the end, it definitely pulled me back in. Well, maybe maybe by me breaking up the movie into thirds, maybe that's why I didn't get into a dry spell. Maybe I was like, kind of thinking about it all day, and then I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's just, like, that long period where, you know, she tells the story about what happened, and then, like, you have that scene where he threatened to, like, her mom was an illegal immigrant or something, and he, like, threatened to mm-hmm. get her deported, but, like, nothing actually happens that uh, that building gets burned down, and you're super confused the entire time, um, but, like, it wasn't. Like, I wasn't asking a bunch of questions. The only question that kept coming back to me to kind of keep getting me hooked in was trying to figure out who it was that had hired Daniel Craig um, because that was a mystery from the beginning until the very end. Um, But that was kind of... Every time I started to lose interest or, you know, tell myself, well, the whole thing is solved anyway, I just kept asking myself, wait who hired him why did someone hire him and that was kind of what kept pulling me back in but I loved it I thought it was a great movie yeah I agree with that I I give it a solid eight and a half out of ten yeah I'll go I'll go eight point one but alright well I go eight point two fine whatever I don't care um (laughs) The only I saw a uh, I saw something online like right after it came out um, there was like a possibility of not there being a sequel to it. I don't really know how that mm-hmm. would how that would play out. I I'm not a huge fan of Hollywood always making sequels and stuff. Um, like I like the movie. I thought it was good. I don't really see the need for a second one. There wasn't a cliffhanger. Or nothing like that. Um, so, I'm 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 kind of off the whole sequel bandwagon. Like I I want Hollywood to do more, more solo one and done movies. Yeah. And I think they did a good job with this one. So, I'm gonna do there. So, so next week on hot takes, what are we? Uh, what what movie are we gonna do next week? Do you have a movie or anything that you're wanting to watch? Because the only thing I can think of so is the Parasite movie. So, I do have one. Um, Netflix 
uh, Irishman. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Or no, is it? It's got like um, Robert De Niro. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's got everybody in it. I've been wanting to watch it. I just keep yeah. running it off. It's like three and a half hours yeah. long, I think. Yeah, it's going to take some commitment, but <laughs> I think I've been really wanting to watch it, so this is going to hold me accountable. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Irishman next week. All right. I almost said Caddyshack, but I've already I've already seen Caddyshack, but I, I I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't watched that since I was like seven or eight, so I could I could go and watch that again. I think I own it, so it wouldn't be an issue. But I really want to watch Irishman, so we're not changing it. All right. So we got hot takes locked in for next week. So you want to take a take a take a stroll over to to Caddy Corner, get a good Caddy story? Yeah. Take us out with it. Got one dialed. Got one dialed up for you. So, a couple weeks ago, I caddied for uh, a couple guys that worked for the Detroit Lions uh, franchise on their uh, on their marketing team. It's actually one of my first first uh, loops back as a caddy, and we're on seventeen stream song black, and this guy is just absolutely hammered drunk. And he's like, I go by CJ out in the caddy yard because I can't have people knowing my real, my real name for uh, legal purposes. You know, gotta gotta watch my back. But he uh, he's like, CJ, I gotta hit seven iron here. And I'm like, I've watched this guy play for three days. I'm like, I'm like, no man, you gotta hit the eight. And he's like, no no no, I'm hitting seven. So I grab a seven iron, I hold it behind my back. And I said. You're not getting a seven iron. You're hitting eight iron. So he snatches the eight iron from me, like 170 yards. Hits it. Hits about 15 feet left of the cup. Spins right. Dunk right in the hole. Hole in one. Guy wins. Four night, five day trip to Mexico. And he invited me to his wedding. No shit. Yeah. He uh go ahead. I was gonna say he should have uh thrown you a little bit of extra cash for it. I mean that was a I mean that's gotta be like a thousand, two thousand dollar vacation in Mexico. Yeah, I mean hey, I'm I'm not gonna say he didn't take he took care of me that day. I'll, I'll give him credit <laughs> for that. But he uh I got I got this mysterious phone call. A couple, a couple weeks, like two weeks later, and he's like, "Hey, CJ, it's so and so." I say his name. Um, he's like, "Hey, it's so and so. What's your address in Tampa?" I'm like, "Why? What's up?" He's like, "Well, two things." He's like, "I got to send you a wedding invite." Super random, and he's like, "Also, um, this trip from Mexico is for two, and you're going to Mexico with me." And I was like, uh, I don't know, man. It's I, I, I doubt it. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you get in a sticky situation. Oh man, I just watched I just watched Townsend run the fake punt against Auburn. It's rough watching oh, it's beautiful. even now. No, that was yeah, it is. Oh, but anyway, yeah, that's crazy, man. 
Yeah, that's that's our caddy story for the week. So, yeah, man, I think. Uh, what do you think? What, what's our what, what song are we heading out to this week? Oh man, I completely forgot about this. Um, let's go Underground Kings by Drake. Oh, I like it. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. All, All right. right well, I'll see well, you next week. That's yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll be back next week. This wraps up uh, episode two of Washington Opinionated. Don't forget to. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Make sure to rate us five stars. And, uh, yeah, tell your friends to come come hang out with us. All right. See you guys next week. Peace. Rich over trouble water, ice in my muddy water. Rich off a mixtape, got rich off a mixtape. Probably shouldn't be driving, it just got so much harder. Can't even see it straight, I can't even see it straight. Uh, fuck with me, I buy the shots. Live a little, cause niggas die a lot and lie a lot. But I'm the truth, that's right, I fucking said it. Delivering proof that you ain't gotta die to get to heaven. You, girl, you right there, you look like you like this shit. How'd I know? How'd I know? That's me on some psychic shit. I could tell a lie if you're asking me my whereabouts. But I might talk that real if you ask me what I care about. Rapping bitches, rapping bitches, bitches, and rapping, rapping, and bitches until all of it switches. I swear, it's been two years since somebody asked me who I was. I'm the greatest man, I said that before I knew I was That's what's important, what really happened before this When me and my crew was all about this rapper from New Orleans Singing, walking like a man, finger on the trigger I got money in my pocket, I'm a uptown nigga With fame on my mind, my girl on my nerves I was pushing myself to get something that I deserve That was back in the days, accurate days I was a cold dude, I'm getting back to my ways People always ask how I got my nice things Take my crown to the grave, I'm an underground king I bet we can make tonight the greatest story ever told Cause I'm down to spell whatever lately I've been on the road And I do it for the city, cause you know the city Love a nigga, do it for the city, cause you know the city Love a nigga, do it for the city, cause you know the city Love a nigga, do it for the city Sometimes I need that romance, sometimes I need that pole dance Sometimes I need that stripper that's gon' tell me that she don't dance Tell me lies, make it sound good, make it sound good Do me like the women from my town would Leather with that wood grain, Persian rugs on wood floors Talking all them good things, that's all I'm really good for Memphis, Tennessee, no See, I start to go deep back and ridge crest with my seat back With Yo Gotti and E-Mac And these niggas got them diamonds glowing in their mouth and they rockin' furs like it's snowing in the south And every pretty girl tell me that's the shit that she like So why am I in class if this is who I'm trying to be like? So I drop out lessons I was taught a quick to fade Soon as I realize it turning papers, it won't get me paid And if I don't do nothing, I'm a ball I'm counting all day like the clock on the wall Yeah, I need that Making major changes to the life I'm living I had no choice, I had to prove I made the right decision That was back in the days Days. I was a cold dude, I'm getting back to my ways People always ask how I got my nice things Take my crown to the grave, I'm an underground king I bet we can make tonight